Welcome to episode number 10 of the Quick Question Podcast. My name is Gabe Ryan, here with my co-host Michael Daly and Matthew Shafty. Thank you Hello. guys for joining us this week. We are excited to be back. This is uh 10th episode, as I Double said digits. before. Double digits, baby. We Ooh, made it. Yeah. Thank you for having me, man. Yeah. Thank you for being here again. Michael is a new host as of last week. He's here to share his football, soccer, and basketball expertise with us. Mm-hmm. We are very grateful to have him here so how was your weekend everybody heartbreaking man heartbreaking loss to the packers yeah uh man that one hurt blowing a 14 point lead in the fourth quarter losing an overtime tough weekend oh yeah oh yeah oh i'm sorry shafty your lions won oh it was a great somebody's (laughs) somebody's (laughs) 21 21 (laughs) points in the second half Mm. beautiful was it one quarter i don't really remember but because you can't really watch it here in Cincinnati, it's all red zone. Mm-hmm. So that was very annoying. Yeah. But, and Michigan State won, and then Michigan State lost in the boat. But mm-hmm. you know what? It was a one point game and a game that we they didn't win. We lost. You take a one point game versus Gonzaga. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you take yeah. that. It's the beginning of the year. We had some hiccups here and there, but we'll pick it up. It's we'll November. It up. You'll be fine. And we got a game tonight. Did you enjoy one. your week off? I did. Okay, good. I did. Got, um, the, got to sit back and watch the best catch of all time? I did. Mm. Justin Jefferson's catch against the Bills on Sunday night. If you haven't seen it, I don't know how you haven't seen it, but it is one of the most unbelievable um, showings of athleticism I've ever seen. Shafty, would you agree with that statement that it is better than Odell's catch? No. (laughs) No. Do tell. Do tell? Yes. I mean, Odell was leaning back (laughs) like a straight line, made this catch behind his head like that, and here, let me... For example, right, being grabbed by a defender, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. makes a catch like this, right, brings it into his body and scores somehow. Still has the wherewithal to lean into the end zone and score, right? Or was I, he down? I, I don't I, remember. No, it was but, a touchdown. I think, I think if we, if okay, we, if we can take into account just pure catch, we don't talk about context, right? We're talking left hand, three fingers, touchdown, through pass interference, Odell's beats that. However, context included... Okay. Fourth and eighteen, game on the line. It's the helmet catch. Helmet catch was yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm part of the helmet catch. Yeah, I mean, my word. Good God, right hand goes up. He did a flip, and to hold on too. He pinned it against his leg. That was was the most impressive. Jermaine Curse. This is Jermaine Curse. No, 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 no. Hold on, hold on. He he grabbed it out of a defender's hand. Julian Edelman backwards. Pinned the ball against his leg to take it away from the defender, and then rolled over and made the catch. On fourth and 18, it was a game-changing play. The difference between the curse catch and the Edelman catch that you just brought up, Jefferson had control the entire way. That's true. But they both bobbled both or bounced around. In the Super Bowl. That's true. That's true. But we're, right, but we're talking like greatest regular season catch, and it might, it might have a case. I'm still dying on the hill that Justin Jefferson's is the best – Airplay. Um, <laughs> this is the best catch I've seen in quite a while. This happens all the time. Someone someone named Joe needs to change the name of the television because it just says 50-inch TCL or whatever. <laughs> but we're going to shout out Kiki. Who's trying <laughs> to get happen. into our TV. Um, all right. With that being said, Michael, 
do you want to continue your conversation about the World Cup and I, preview some of the teams? Yes, I would. Yes, I would. So we picked off uh, after Group D. So I'm going to pick it up right with Group E. And I'm going to start with uh, the 2014 champions, Germany. Um, 2018, there's a little curse that's happened in recent years where the reigning champion has not shown up. And that certainly hit Germany hard in 2018 uh, with losses to Mexico and Korea that uh, ended their tournament run. And they're out for revenge this time. They got the best midfield pair in the world in Joshua Kimmich and uh, Leon Goretzka. They play together at Bayern. They have all the chemistry in the world. This is a team that can go head-to-toe with any team in the world. Uh, they tend to have a little little bit of a weak defense, so that's that's where their issues will come. And I think in the knockout stage, that's where we'll eventually get to them. But they certainly have a lot of potential to not only win this group, but end up making a run at the whole thing and tying Brazil for the most World Cups ever. Okay. Um, but in their way, in their group, stand the 2010 champs, Spain, who also got hurt in 2014 from the champion curse, didn't make it out of the group stage. Mm-hmm. Um, and now in 2018, they didn't look so hot. They didn't look so hot in the Euros. You know, 28 to, 2008 to 2012, you know, this was considered the best country, the best soccer team ever. They won the Euros, the World Cup, and then they won the Euros again. They haven't won anything since then. It's a whole new era of players. They're going to have two teenagers starting in center mid. This is going to be the start of the next decade of Spanish dominance, possibly. The rest of this group is Japan and Costa Rica. Costa Rica probably won't make much noise. Um, Japan possibly could. Mm-hmm. They could play some spoiler. Uh, but I think this group's pretty simple. I think it's Spain and Germany. Whoever comes out on top is um, going to get a little advantage in the knockout stage. But I think you'll see both those two go through. Okay. Group F uh, consists of Belgium, Croatia, Ooh. Canada, and Go Morocco. Belgium. All right. We got a little Belgium supporter here. Yeah. All right. I got I some family it. from Belgium. I Go Belgium. Yuri Tielemans. What? That's so right. Yuri Tielemans. I was going to touch on yeah. that. That's your boy uh, from Leicester. Oh, yeah. Missed the penalty over the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know who you're talking about, but go Belgium. That's Woo. right. <laughs> um, so this is the number two ranked team in the world. They've been number one ranked for a while now. Um, they should have made the World Cup semifinal last time around. Ended up winning the third place game. This is a team that's underperformed at major tournaments lately. Um, I think last summer, two summers ago, was their best chance to win a major tournament. But they're still putting out a great squad this this uh, winter for the World Cup. And I think that they have a good chance of winning it this time around. Uh, Kevin De Bruyne, Yuri Tielemans in the midfield. We talked about them. You know, that's your boy from Leicester. Anything you want to touch on for him? Uh, not really. Just just go Yuri. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, you got forwards like Hazard and Lukaku who are inconsistent, but when they're on, yeah. they're dangerous. Mm-hmm. It's a dangerous squad. And then we got Croatia, 2018 World Cup finalist. Made a magical run last time around. Luka Modric, Ballon d'Or winner in 2018. This is a dangerous team. This is a lethal team. However, Canada is going to play spoiler in this group. You heard it here first. Okay. And that is because... Of who you're going to talk about later, Julio Rodriguez, AL Rookie of the Year, right? He has lit to Spark and Alfonso Davies, Canada's left back. Well, he's probably going to play left forward for them, but he's one of the best players in the world. And Julio Rodriguez is now dating Alfonso's ex-girlfriend <laughs> of four years. That's big time. It is big time. It is <laughs> big, big time. time move. He is a fire lit underneath him. Um, if you're a betting man, uh, Canada over two and a half points in the group is the <laughs> easy is the easiest bet that you will find. Um, this man is going to be fired up. Um, Morocco, they got a couple studs in Hakimi and Ziyech, but 
They could sp- play spoiler. I don't see themselves getting out of this group, but they could provide some chaos with you know stealing points off of Croatia or Belgium. But I like to see your Belgium going through. Let's go. And I think Canada's going to go through. And I think you're going to see the 2018 World Cup finalists sitting at home in the knockout stage. Okay. Go Belgium. Mm-hmm. Uh, group G is a pretty straightforward group. You got Brazil, who are the favorites of the entire tournament. They have the most World Cups in World Cup history. Uh, they got the star player, Neymar. Um, I'd love to see a lot of people want to enter him in that top 10, top 20 of all time discussion. If he wants to launch himself and solidify himself into that discussion and maybe even make a case for top five, maybe one of the best Brazilians ever, he's going to have to show up in this tournament. He's going to have to win this tournament. This team is going to revolve around him. Um, we've seen him show up in major tournaments before. 2014, he unfortunately got injured in the World Cup when he was in Brazil, and that led to that abysmal 7-1 to loss versus Germany. Mm-hmm. I don't think that'll repeat. It's tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think... The Brazil's managers has some important decisions to make, and there's two key players that he needs to put out there that he has not been putting out there with qualifying. And number one is Vinicius Jr. He just won the Champions League for Real Madrid. He's probably one of the most informed wingers in the world. He's one of the best dribblers in the world. Mm-hmm. This guy has to be playing for Brazil. And the second guy that has to be playing is my own Bruno Guimaraes from Newcastle. Newcastle's third in the Premier League right now. Bruno's far and away the best player on this team. Um, he needs to be starting at center mid for Brazil. They got Fred from Manchester United starting at center mid right now. Um, Man United, people don't like him. He doesn't even play for them half the time. It has to be Bruno in the midfield. His jersey is coming right here, right now. He's, it's in the oh, mail. Oh, really? It's in the it, mail? It's in the mail. Yeah. It's in the mail. So that's my guy. That's exciting. Uh, two other interesting teams in this group are Switzerland and Serbia. And they were in a group with Brazil last World Cup around And there's a lot of drama between these two nations. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of Swiss players who are from um, Kosovo, I believe. Um, And it's a part of Serbia, but it's not really a part of Serbia. It was a part of Yugoslavia. So there's a lot of beef between the players on Switzerland. There's a lot of beef over there. Exactly. Over territory. And so last time around, the Swiss, Swiss, Switzerland beat Serbia two to one in the World Cup. And they threw up an eagle like this. And that was a sign of the Kosovo flag. Mm-hmm. So uh, they are not happy. They're not friendly with Serbia at all. And yeah. I think the Switzerland players are, they got them in 2018 and they're going to get them again this time around. Uh, I think they're, they're fired up politically and they are willing to back their homeland. Um, okay. The other team in this group is Cameroon. Uh, I don't expect them to make too much noise, unfortunately. Um, sorry to our Cameroonian friend, Ryan. But uh, I think this is going to be a three-team group. It's going to be it's going to come down to Switzerland versus Serbia, and I'm back in the Swiss. Um, so Group H is going to be. Uh, oh, I think I skipped the group. No, I did not. Did you? No, I don't think. You okay. Did. Um, <laughs> so Group H is going to be Portugal, South Korea, Uruguay, and Ghana. Um, Portugal, a lot of drama going on there. Uh, mm-hmm. Cristiano Ronaldo, uh, his manager at Manchester United, just spoke out saying he doesn't want him on the team anymore. He said, I don't want Ronaldo to play for this team anymore. I want him out of this club. So he's 37. He's nearing the end of his career. Full of drama. And maybe he can put that aside and put Portugal on his back in this World Cup. We've never really seen him have team success at a World Cup. He had individual success last time around. But he has zero goals and assists in the knockout stages. Never really shown up there. So um, what what's the reasoning for not wanting Ronaldo? 
Is he? Is it just because of his age? Is he slowing uh, down? Yes, but he's still the best striker on that team. He's a bit mm-hmm. of a diva now. He's always been a bit of a diva. He's like Tom Brady. <laughs> In a way, yeah. <laughs> he's more like Aaron Rodgers, you know? Yeah. It, it, that's, it, a, that's a good I, comparison. Yeah, it, it, I can back that. He's Aaron Rodgers who's bounced around and everyone thinks he's a goat, better. but he's really not. You know? Is he going to try ayahuasca? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he needs, he needs to get on the perks for the game, I guess. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Uh, we'll see what happens with him, man. I personally don't think he's going to show up at this tournament. I think too much stuff is going on around him. Mm. Uh, I think this is Uruguay's group to win. And it's an interesting transition between... You know, Luis Suarez and uh, the biting from the 2014 yeah. World Cup. <laughs> uh, and uh, the new star striker, Darwin Nunez, who's been playing well for Liverpool recently. Mm-hmm. Started the season off slow. Now he's balling. I think that this Uruguay squad is dangerous. I think they can make a deep run in this tournament. I think this group is theirs to win. Um, they had a quarterfinal run last World Cup. They eliminated Portugal in the round of 16 last World Cup. And I fully expect them to eliminate Portugal again. However, South Korea... They got uh, Hoyman's son. Oh, yeah. Absolute baller. He is a baller. The question right now is whether or not he'll play. He claims he'll be fit. He had an eye injury. It was a very unique injury to have. Um, Eye injury? Yeah. Did he get poked? I believe so. I believe it was some sort of terrible poking. Um, And I think. A gouge? Would it be called a gouge? (laughs) I haven't seen it. Uh, Maybe. Maybe maybe he'll just play him with an eye patch. Can he play with one eye? I mean, okay. I don't know. The, field. the pirate. That's right. Um, but South Korea is going to go as far as he goes. If he's fit and he's playing in this tournament, this could be a dangerous squad. And I fully do expect him to knock out Portugal in this tournament if he is playing. Okay. If he is not, I believe you will see Portugal advance and then immediately lose to Brazil in the next round. Okay. I don't expect them to go far. They don't have that. Like, they got some talented players across. They got Jao Cancelo, one of the best outside backs in the world, the best outside back in the world. However,. They just don't flourish as a team. They haven't had any success in a major tournament since 2016. I think this team's going to end up flopping. One of the biggest flops of the World Cup. Okay. It's unfortunate. Similar to Ronaldo. Flopping everywhere. <laughs> and then Ghana is last. Have, does he have girl trouble too? Is um, that a part of it? I don't think so. I think he's... Well, that's good. He's bounced around. Uh, he's actually will not step foot in America because he could be arrested for sexual assault. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's not good. Um, but, but... Jeez. His son, however... Was born in America. Oh, so he's a citizen. So he could be playing for us in about a decade. That would be oh, so cool. That is cool. I doubt that'll happen. <laughs> but if nah. maybe if he ever gets into some trouble in Portugal or somewhere, <laughs> right? It, it, he's always welcome to America. He's always wa- is we'll he good? Is he good? Oh, uh, well, he's like twelve. So okay. well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's been good. I think he's been good. I think he's okay. been good at okay. putting up good numbers. Okay. Um, cool. Last team in this group is Ghana. They're the sixty-first ranked team in the world. They're the lowest ranked team in this entire tournament. Mm-hmm. They got some good players. I don't expect them to make much noise. I think this is a battle for the second spot between Portugal and South Korea. Okay. Well, thank you for that, Michael. Um, Thank you. Next topic that we are going to cover is um, some MLB free agency. Um, We've been kind of quiet the last couple weeks with baseball talk. We really didn't talk about the World Series, which if you aren't up to speed, the Houston Astros defeated the Philadelphia Phillies in the World Series, they won four to two in six games. Astros pitching was unbelievable outside of the two games that they lost. The Phillies made an unbelievable comeback in game one. In game three, they hit five home runs against um, Houston starting pitching, which is almost an anomaly that never happened. And then they got no hit the next game. So, 
Astros absolutely pitched their way to a World Series. Their bullpen had a sub-1 ERA throughout the entire postseason. They used their bullpen less than pretty much everybody in the majors, which their starting pitching was just unbelievable. So um, does this change anything about the Astros' first championship and how you view that and how you view the Astros' legacy? I, I mean, obviously there's always going to be something to be said about the 2017 team. They did cheat. Like, that's just factual. Like, you can't take that out of the equation. You can't hide that. But I do think, at least in the way that the players are viewed, like, a lot of people when that came out were like, oh, they can't win without having sign stealing. They can't win without knowing what's coming. Well, I don't know if you watched them hit, but <laughs> they were okay. Yeah. And they didn't know what was coming. Yeah. And obviously the Philadelphia Phillies don't have the start or the best starting rotation and the best bullpen in the mm-hmm. world, but they played some pretty good pitchers. Oh yeah. And they obviously if you win the World Series, you have to do something. Yeah. And Jordan Alvarez hit one of the longest home runs I've ever seen with my own two eyes to dead center field in game six. Whoever is doing the stat cast and said that was 450 feet is about 50 feet short. It's got to be lying. <laughs> it's about 50 feet gotta short. Be lying. He hit it on top of the batter's eye in center field at Minute Maid. I never um, buy that stat. Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> it's unbelievable. But Alex Bregman, Jose Altuve, who were on the team in 2017, they're still really good players, and you can't take that away from them. I think they were trying to prove something um, to baseball, basically. And if you look at what they've done since then, they've made it to three World Series, three or four World Series. They've lost a couple times. Yep. Um, they've been in the American League Championship Series every year if they haven't made it to the World Series. Um, they're, they're an unbelievable franchise. And to have Dusty Baker come in there and kind of turn the page on what happened, um, he's the perfect guy to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and really good for him that he finally gets that World Series win after so many wins – in the regular season, I think he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, no doubt now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was the last thing from his resume that he needed. Um, but I, Astros will always be known as the cheaters. Mm-hmm. That's just the way <laughs> the history books will work. Mm-hmm. But they're still a really good team. And obviously they proved that. Um, Matt, do you think Altuve belongs in the Hall of Fame? Ooh. Hmm. That's a tough question. It is a tough <laughs> question. It is a tough question. Um, sure, why not? Because people cheated. He cheated. That's why I mean, not. I know. Well, <laughs> impressive given his size. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, just, I mean, you ask even Hall of Famers that are in there. There's definitely people that have cheated. Absolutely. Steroids. Absolutely. Gambling, whatever. There's some... Re- some not great human beings that are in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> and if you want to make the case, it's even like the argument with Barry Bonds and Pete Rose and mm-hmm. all these people. Pete Rose just wrote a letter to Rob Manfred yeah. basically yeah. begging <laughs> to get in to the Baseball uh, Hall so of Fame. I was going to say, if, if Altuve gets in, you'll put Pete Rose in. <laughs> the, the problem is there's no like continuity with decision-making. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just a lot of – it's a mixed bag. Welcome to sports. Yeah, exactly. It's just hypocrisy. So, with that being said, I think – Altuve should have a fair shake, but I don't think the things that he had done, the cheating scandal, the buzzer thing. Do you remember the mm-hmm. buzzer thing? Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, Wouldn't take off the jersey? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that you can't leave that out. I think that that's true. the problem. Okay. Um, but now moving into free, some free agent talks. 
we have a pretty interesting offseason ahead of us. Um, mm-hmm. Aaron Judge is is on the table. The Yankees, you're stupid if you don't resign them. <laughs> I think there's no other way to say that. You can't let that guy get away. Now, on the flip side of that, he is going to be 31 years old to start the next year or to start next year's season. So, for teams that are trying to sign them to a eight, ten year deal, I don't know if that makes sense. I I personally don't think it makes sense at all. So the teams that are willing to pay Judge for four or five years at pretty much max contract are going to be the ones that are going to be in the mix. And I know the Giants are really interested in signing him. I know the Dodgers are not out of the the equation. They're not out of the equation with anybody. Yeah. But um, the Giants, he's from San Francisco. I think they really want to sign him to be kind of like the Barry Bonds Oh, of this okay. generation. Um, but the Yankees, he's the most popular player on the planet in the biggest market, arguably in the in the United States. Mm-hmm. I mean, LA's up there too. But the Yankees are where the stars are. Yep, that's right. Not necessarily where the best players are, but the most popular players. Mm-hmm. And what Judge has meant to that organization, he still hasn't gotten that World Series win. Mm-hmm. If he comes back, he'll be a captain. And nobody's held that title since Derek Jeter retired. Yep. So I think from that standpoint, he still wants to win for the Yankees. Um, I don't think Brian Cashman and the front office has handled the situation very well. I think no. Judge has handled it beautifully. Mm-hmm. Like probably the best PR player <laughs> in Major League Baseball, especially with the New York media, because they're not easy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Judge is going to get paid a whole lot of money. I, I think I love what you touched on about the the how the Yankees and like the Cavs and all that stuff. Like the Yankees are like the Lakers or Real exactly. Madrid. Yep. If that's the team you or the it's, Dallas Cowboys, it's yeah. a team you go to, and if you become like the star player there, that cements your legacy forever. Mm-hmm. And being a Yankee great, uh, like Ruth, Garrick, Mattingly, all those guys, Jeter, yeah. Rodriguez, yep. that cements you forever. Mm-hmm. And I think that. That's something he should go for. If, if I were him, I would stay and I would try to win a ring in New York. I think the Yes Network, who's the TV rights um, partner with the Yankees, really, I think, view the Yankees as like a reality TV show. <laughs> and they don't want duds on their team. Like, mm-hmm. even if they're really, really good players. Like, even if they had Mike Trout, he's not the most outgoing personality off the off the field mm-hmm. i'm sure they would love him as a player but marketability wise yeah i don't know if that's the fit shohei <laughs> that brings Ooh. in but that brings in a whole country yeah. worth of media yeah. wow. um that would be like a sort of fit so they just want these people that are larger than life and they bill them up to be larger than life mm-hmm. and like you touched on babe ruth lou gehrig mickey um, mantle mickey mantle um, Mariano Rivera, Joe know. DiMaggio. Yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't end. I, I think, think the or go ahead. I think the biggest question with all this is the Giants, personally. Yeah, because the Giants did say, "Hey, we will outbid anybody." They did. So I, I think I think it comes down to Judge. Do you want the money or do you want to stay at home with the team that drafted you? Obviously, it's the Yankees. Yeah. So obviously, I mean, there's market. a financial element to this that is probably the most important. I mean, logistically, it's the most important. But I think whoever wins the emotional battle, mm-hmm. the home home ties, that's right. or you're going to be a Yankee forever, you're going to be one of the, the names that's Legacy, remembered baby. for 200 years down the road. Um, the only thing that he's missing 
is that World Series. Because mm-hmm. yep. in Yankees, of the Yankees legends, the ones that are at the top have won World Series. Yep. So yep. that's a tall task that is um, put on his shoulders. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, he lived up to the billing this year. He just didn't have help around him. So I think the Yankees will re-sign him. They're going to have to pay a lot of money. I think their roster is going to look a lot different. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one of the guys I'm going to talk about next, I think, is going to probably jump ship, which would be Anthony Rizzo. Mm-hmm. And he has a club option, so he can either stay in the Bronx and make more money than probably if he was offered by another team to sign a multi-year deal. And he has a short portion right to shift is eliminated for next year. So keep that in mind. Mm. Um, so I think Yankee Stadium is a great fit to hit in, but I don't know defensively if Rizzo is still the same as he was as a Cub. I think there's some other teams that are really looking at him to be a potential fit for first base, the Houston Astros being one of those people, because Trey Mancini was there after the trade deadline, and I, I don't think they've re-signed him yet, and okay. I think – that position is open. Anthony Rizzo's on the Astros would be quite an interesting story. Mm-hmm. Um, and that would also take away a huge bat in the Yankees lineup, which I think they're trying to do both things. Mm-hmm. They're trying to break down the Yankees as much as possible because that's their biggest threat in the American League. Um, another guy, um, Jacob deGrom, where's he going to fall? I think the Mets have a good chance at re-signing him. I think the team that may surprise you that might be pretty up there in the bidding is the Texas Rangers. Really? Texas Rangers, Okay. they're not great, but they have a lot of money to play with. That's fair. A lot of money to play with. They made two key acquisitions last year, Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon. They have some young starting pitching, starting with Jack Leiter and their farm system. They've got some good young arms down there. They have a couple established veteran guys in the rotation, and adding somebody like DeGrom is an attraction to other players. Like, that's the other part of this, is an organization's going to sign somebody if they can attract more talent with them for the opportunity to play with them. You look at, like, this is a football example, but the Cincinnati Bengals, nobody in their right mind would ever want to play in Cincinnati. No. Ever, <laughs> ever. <laughs> But because Burrow is there, yep. people are more attracted to. Yep. Now, is it Hall of Fame caliber talent? No. But it's a step in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And I think the Texas Rangers would make a huge move if they could lock up Jacob deGrom. But he is 34. He's getting up there. His injuries have um, been an issue the last mm-hmm. couple of years. Yeah. So we'll see how durable he is. Especially, like, you throw 102 every pitch. With a 93-mile-an-hour slider, I don't know how his elbow is still attached to his body. Like, that's incredible. And his shoulder. Um, but two other big names, Dansby Swanson and Trey Turner, mm-hmm. both at the shortstop position. The Atlanta Braves have done an unbelievable job in signing their young talent to seven, eight-year deals and locking up five starting position players so far. The last one that I think they would love to re-sign is Dansby Swanson. Mm-hmm. Now, are they going to absolutely max out his contract? No. And the reason being they already have so many guys locked up to deals that they can't spread that much money around every single year. But I think Dansby Swanson 
is going to get a good sum of money from the Atlanta Braves, and he's going to be able to be on competitive teams that are going to compete for a World Series year in, year out, every single year. You have Austin Riley, Michael Harris, Ronald Acuna, Ozzy Albies, Matt Olson, all locked up for the next seven years. You're going to be a competitive. Absolutely. And you have Max Fried, you have Mike Soroka, you have all these starting pitchers that are going to put you in ball games. Mm-hmm. And I think for Dansby, it would be really hard to walk away. But one team that I think could make a solid push for him is the Yankees. Ooh. Dansby as a Yankee makes a lot of sense in my brain. Wearing those pinstripes, he's he's such a solid defensive player. He won a gold glove this year. Former number one pick, right? Former one, number one. Number he's one overall, li- yeah. He's lived up to the hype. Yep. Sometimes he's streaky with the bat, but who isn't? Mm-hmm. Um, and he, <laughs> I think Yankees fans would love to replace Isaiah Kiner-Falefa <laughs> with anybody, maybe a sack of potatoes, <laughs> just throw him out there in shortstop. Um, but Dansby, I think, would be very solid for a very long time. He'd be a force in their lineup. He'd help them offensively and defensively. Um, it's either way. I think he is from Georgia. So there's that home tie. Yep. Loves playing for the Braves. And as much as he's kind of like a Freddie Freeman mm-hmm. in a way. Like he's been there for a while. He's, he's got, got his ties. Ring. He can go. He's got a ring. He could go. But Freddie Freeman was guaranteed a World Series this year and didn't <laughs> win one. So that's that's the nature of sports. Like you're not guaranteed anything. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens. And then Trey Turner obviously played with the Dodgers the last two seasons. I think a landing spot for him, either he gets re-signed by the Dodgers, which I don't know exactly if that's going to happen. Philadelphia Phillies need a shortstop, and they need somebody. They had Edmundo Sosa, who was with the Cardinals to start the season, then came over to the Phillies. Um, if the Phillies wanted to make a play with some speed, with some athleticism, defensive prowess, they are terrible at defense. It is a miracle defensively that they survived to the World Series. Um, and Trey Turner isn't, he's not the best defensive shortstop, but with that athleticism, he's going to make plays. He's going to be good. And then stealing bases, hitting home runs for his size. He hits a lot of home runs, um, extra base hits, extending doubles to triples. I mean, he's a must see talent. He recorded his own video to send to teams <laughs> that is narrated by John Hamm. I, it's yeah, like yeah. a three minute video, which is amazing. <laughs> yes. Which so cool. Besides the point, um, he would be reunited with Bryce Harper, mm-hmm. former national. He'd be back in the, the division that he started his career in, in yep. the NL East. And they've had teams make it to the World Series three out of the last four years. So it's going to be competitive. I think the Phillies could be an interesting land, landing spot, but any any team that has a lot of money is going to sign up. And I lied, last player. Justin Verlander just opted out of his contract Ooh. with the Houston Astros. So, he's getting up there in age. I think, I know you have talked about him coming back to Detroit, and I know you would love that. I know you would love that, but I don't think he's at that stage yet. Oh, he's there. He came off. <laughs> he just won the Cy Young, he's or he's going to. He's, we, we, we can we can. Pay okay, him. here's the thing. We'll pay him. Well, you know, you're, you're getting Kate Upton back, too. You know? Exactly. You get, she wants to okay, be back in this show. Let me finish my family. thought. I think he's going to be more intrigued by getting... $30 million by the New York Yankees or the Mets that's, or somebody yeah. that's got a chance to win another World Series than going yeah. back to Detroit to finish okay. his career. I don't think he's done. 
I think the next iteration, wherever he lands up, is going to be maybe the Detroit coming home party that you've dreamed about. So my dream is that we can about. sign Wilson Contreras, Justin Verlander, and Carlos Correa. I think Contreras is going to go to the Cardinals. That makes sense. That makes, that sense. makes a lot of sense. It does make a lot of sense. Um, you, you touching on the Phillies makes me realize how great these last few weeks have been. Uh, the fall of Philadelphia. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know, I, the, losing, the Eagles losing last night to the Commanders. They were undefeated. Phillies losing in the World Series. You can th- even throw in Philadelphia Sixers. Union losing in the MLS final. It's been great. They, they, <laughs> they had so much hope. Philadelphia Flyers. They had so much hope. That city was so flying so high. Yeah. And look at them now. I mean, watching those those playoff games in, in Philadelphia, like looking at that atmosphere, like it would have been impossible in my mind for them to lose a game. Uh-huh. And then they get no hit. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Oh, that's amazing. I mean, the game, um, the game prior, how many runs did they put up? Like seven they, or eight? They had seven, seven runs on, on five home runs. Yeah. Bryce Harper homered on the first pitch he saw. Mm-hmm. And I thought the place was going to collapse because of how, because <laughs> of how loud it was. And then the next night, they get <laughs> nothing. no hit. Absolutely nothing. Nothing. Yeah. nothing. nothing. It was so quiet. I love it. That speaks to the experience of the Astros, I think. Oh, Absolutely. exactly. Absolutely. I mean, they could play in any environment and they would have won. <laughs> they cheated again. The pitch- <laughs> no, no, not this. I'm saying they might have cheated before, but, you know, they still the had pitching, the experience. The pitching was just so good. Mm-hmm. So, moving on. On. I know Shafty. I wanted to talk about one more thing. Yes, sir. Just wanted to mention the Phillies one more time. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine them getting Trey Turner and Jacob Degrom? I don't think they'll get Degrom. Well, they already Cindergaard, got Cindergaard, Degrom back together, and Wheeler, yeah. and Wheeler. But yeah. still, I don't think Stevie Cohen's going to allow that. It's an in division rival. I think Steve Cohen will legitimately give a player eight hundred million dollars <laughs> in desperation to keep them there. He is not above that. He has so much money. He has yeah. so much money. Yeah. And he's crazy, in a he's, way. <laughs> he's crazy in a way. So he will throw as much Watch money. What's happen though? You know what, what I what wouldn't if? be shocked is if he threw that much money at Aaron Judge. You know, you know how much of a heel move that would be. Oh my gosh! Which, that'd, be, that'd be crazy. Aaron Judge wouldn't have to move. No, <laughs> no, he wouldn't, and he'd just be. Um, in Queens, and right. Michael Caseman, one of that's our friends, right. that's right. would be the happiest so man happy. on earth. Shout so would Frank, still Frank miss the, the tank playoffs, too. <laughs> and they'd still miss Frank the, the Tank would be happy, except they wouldn't have pitching. Well, Max Scherzer, but wait, someone could else? you imagine if the Mets re-signed Degrom, signed Verlander, had Scherzer still? <laughs> they just bring it'd be the Tigers all over again. Exactly. Yeah. Plus Degrom. Wait, has someone else taken the Frank the Tank nickname? No, Frank, I'm just no. talking about Frank the Tank being a uh, from Barstool. Yeah. Okay. okay being okay. a Mets fan. Yeah. I just want to make sure yeah. no one's taking Frank Kaminsky's nickname. No, no, no. Okay. Oh f- no, Frank the Tank is Frank the Tank. Frank. Frank the Tank is Frank Kaminsky. Frank the Tank is the the big guy from Barstool. Yeah. But he shouldn't take that name. That's Frank Kaminsky's uh, it's, name. It's, it's, <laughs> that's back to back final four. Hey, the Twitter handle the for Frank the Tank is Frank the Tank. That's terrible. And the Twitter handle that's for terrible. Frank Kaminsky is not Drop Frank step. the Tank. That's terrible. The oh drop stuff that killed an entire state that I'm from. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was glorious. Um, 38 and 1. Talking okay. about college basketball, <laughs> yeah, do you want to start talking up. about college basketball? Yeah, I'll, I'll first kind of talk about, touch the, the reactions. I wanted to mention a few teams that really seriously underperformed in week one of college basketball. Florida State is 0 3. They played nobody, right? TCU, I just wanted to mention them for a moment. And I said it earlier in the year when we were doing our Big 12, whatever, like um, breakdown in a way. Um, I said, TCU, I don't understand how people have them as high as a three seed. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. coming in. I know they have the experience coming back. I get Mike Miles is a good player, mm-hmm. but you know, what were they last year? An eight or a nine? Yeah. It's like I I just don't see the switch flipping really. And and it was it's nice for you to see the uh, the Seminoles stinking in basketball, isn't it? Oh, it's <laughs> still hurts every time. <laughs> yeah. Thank but you. Oh, so TCU is two and one right now. <laughs> And they started the year playing like Lamar, um, Arkansas Pine Bluff, and they were in right. close games. Close game. They won by one against Arkansas Pine Bluff, and then they go and play Northwestern State and lose. It's like okay, yeah, yeah, wow. TCU, and they're playing in the Big Twelve too. This is a this is a really good conference this year. There's no there's no way in my mind that TCU wins that conference. Not anymore. Mm-mm. Not a chance. Uh, we can if we want to head over to to the Pac-12 as what your friend Charlie. Yeah, shout out Charlie. Yeah. <laughs> shout up Charlie. Yeah. Don't say I didn't do anything for you, Charlie. <laughs> so I I was gonna last episode I was I was moving super fast. Uh, my battery was low. The Zoom was being Zoom and mm-hmm. um yeah, your phone we, and computer died mm-hmm. in one episode. Yeah, <laughs> that should so, be a, an award. Honestly, the third team I wanted to mention was USC. USC also lost to a nobody. And, I mean, it's I don't know what's happened. Like, the first week of college basketball, there's been all these big-name schools. And even Oklahoma, too. Yeah. They're not big-name. Villanova. They're like good. Yeah, Villanova. Where Louisville? These, Louisville. They've, Louisville. They've struggled. Oh, yeah. They lost to Bellarmine and, and um, someone else. On top of that, just to rub it in, they just lost the number one recruit in 2023 they did. to Kentucky. Yeah. So They did. Kentucky's recruiting class looks phenomenal. U of L is uh, struggling, right? Now. <laughs> yeah. yeah no Coach Cal's that, got that's definitely that, one way to put it. UK's got all that talent, and they're still going to not win the national championship. It's sad. Mm-hmm. It's really sad. Mm-hmm. Keep it running with I the also, Pac-12. I think, yeah. I, think, I think before we get to the Pac-12, okay. I think one team that did really, really well was St. Mary's. Okay. St. Mary's, mm. in, in what was it, three games did extremely well, and I think their their best game was against North Texas. They only let up thirty three points against North Texas, and and that's a team you know that usually that makes the tournament here and there. Their conference USA, it's not a bad team by any means. It's not like a Mac school. No, they they beat them by they crushed them by thirty and only let up thirty three points. Wow. So hey, maybe we got a contender with Gonzaga in that. Mm-hmm. They, the conference. WCC. The WCC. They, I they, took was, one, they took one from them last year. And they did. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, hopefully they can do it again. So headed over to the the. Infamous Pac-12. So, um, they do have some good players. Amari Bailey is going to be a really good freshman for for UCLA. Hami Hakez for UCLA. Hami. Tiger Campbell for UCLA. UCLA, I think, will be the best team in that conference. The best overall player, I think, is is Tubalus. Zoo Tubalus. <laughs> you want to say that ten times fast? <laughs> Azulus Tubalus. <laughs> uh, from from Arizona. So he, I think, what was it? He put in eighteen or nineteen points a game last year. He he's a really good stretch four. He should be pretty good this season. Uh, I think he's the best all around player in the league. But Amari Bailey could easily step up and take that because yeah. it's Amari Bailey. Right, really good freshman. He'll be really good. USC should have been better. I mean, they have Drew Peterson coming back, who was impressive last year. But these, you know, they haven't looked very good to start out this year. But obviously, you get to conference play. Things can change. So even talk about, I just talked about Arizona with um, Tubalus. Yep. <laughs> Zoo Tubalus. <laughs> uh, they lost some key contributors last year. Christian Coloco, Benedict Mad- mm-hmm. Matherin, Dalen Terry. 
But yeah. Tubalist is a good player. We'll see how they can bounce back, especially with all these allegations flying around everywhere. Yeah, you I'm know. interested to see when that gets released. Mm-hmm. You got Washington State making any noise? <laughs> um, I'll get, I'll get to them. <laughs> we'll get to them. So Oregon, Oregon is another good team. Dana Altman has proven to be one of the best coaches in college basketball. Um, they, they seems like every year they're in March Madness, and I don't think it's going to change this year. Will Richardson's going to be a good player. They brought in a couple transfers. One guy from from um, Syracuse. Um, what was it? Qu- Quincy Garrier? Quincy Garrier. It's kind of like Perrier. Okay. Quincy Garrier. <laughs> okay. Good big man. He's Pirier. good. Um, Nefeli Dante, also a good player. Um, they brought in a couple good freshmen too. Former, or yeah, they brought in one really good five star. I think they also brought in a four star, but they have a former McDonald's All American, Nate Biddle. We'll see what they can do. Um, then there's obviously USC. Uh, the rest of the conference, I don't, I don't really know what. I mean. <laughs> There's potential maybe to get onto the bubble and maybe even an IT, but I don't really know. And since he wanted me to touch on Washington State, I guess we can talk about Washington State <laughs> a little bit. Um, we should we should talk about uh, TJ Bamba. Mm-hmm. Good player. I honestly, he's my favorite player on their team. Justin Powell's pretty good as well. Um, there, there's one guy, Muhammad. I don't even, I don't know his last name. Okay. I can't even like. I don't want to. I don't want to try to pronounce his last name. But they, they, you know, they've got a good big three. Justin Powell is a transfer, by the way. So you know what? They could make. They could sneak into the tournament. But they're gonna have to do really well in a in a you know top heavy Pac-12. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. To your point about teams, um, like big name teams losing early in the season. Sean Miller touched on this in his um, press conference the other day. He's talking about like the upset watch in college basketball. It's really not like an upset watch. Like you're not shocked if somebody big falls. Like it's just the parody in college basketball because of the transfer portal, because of so much talent going up and down through the ranks. It's definitely, it's not like it was in 2014. Yeah. In 15, if the Wisconsin Badgers dropped a game to Western Idaho, (laughs) um, there would have been, Outrage. Yes. Outrage. Outrage. The Cole Center would have burned down. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, now, if that happened, it would have been kind of like... Well, all right. It would have been, yeah. it would have been horrible. Yeah, absolutely. But, like, but it's, it's, it happened more now. Yeah. yeah that happened that's more true. Sure. It's just more frequent. One team I wanted to mention was Colorado. I want to give props to them. They lost their Grambling State and then bounced back in, in one in Knoxville. Beat Tennessee. Ooh, okay. Right? That's okay. a cool. really good Tennessee team. They beat them 78-66. KJ Simpson... From that game, if he can if he can continue what he did, will be one of the best players in the Pac-12, and he is basically the only guy in the roster that's worth <laughs> noting. Are they are, are they the Buffalo? Is They're it? the Buffaloes. Yeah, yeah. Go Buffalo. Go Buffalo, Go Buffalo babies. Uh, Mel Tucker coached there before he went to Michigan State. There you go. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Go Mel. Woo. Um, oh yeah. All right. Talk coming. <laughs> Keep chopping. <laughs> all right, and moving on. Um, we thought with the three of us here this week that we would do an extended version of How Deep Is Your Love. So for all of you that are joining us for the first time, How Deep Is Your Love is a segment where Matt, Michael, and I this week have the opportunity to rant or rave about our best our favorite teams. Michael is a uh, Dallas Cowboys fan. That's what I'm going for. A Wisconsin yeah. sports fan, minus the Packers. That's right. Um, Mr. Matthew Shafty is a Detroit sports fan and a Michigan State um, mm-hmm. aficionado. And then I am a Cincinnati sports fan, and I love Xavier. So, Michael, do you want to lead us off? Do you want to rant about your Cowboys? 
Unfortunately, I would love to leave us off. Um, I'm coming oh, off a, a, a terrible, terrible weekend. Uh, you know, this like you said, I'm from Wisconsin. You know, this is my Super Bowl. You know, uh, had many people reach out to me this week. I hadn't heard from in years. Uh, got to maybe it was a blessing in disguise. I got to talk to a lot of people that I hadn't heard from. <laughs> I'm glad they're thinking of me, um, <laughs> for better or for worse. That's right. <laughs> um, something's got to change. In Dallas, you know, every year I feel like we get to this point in the middle of the season where we start off strong, we're looking sharp, and then this is similar to, like, the Denver game last year. We just got the brakes blown off us. This one was a blown lead. It's consistently getting our hopes up, and then we lose to a mediocre team. And I don't want to put too much of the blame on Prescott. He had two picks that didn't look too good, but it was some miscommunication with the receivers. Mm -hmm. Um he ended up playing a good game overall. CeeDee Lamb showed up big, and that was great to see, you know, seeing 88 take over. Uh, the secondary is terrible. Uh, my word. We have Trayvon Diggs, and we have no one else. And our second corner is bad enough. He let up a 50-some-yard touchdown to Christian Watson, which he got concussed on the play. So then that just allowed our next cornerback to come in and allow a 50-yard touchdown to Christian Watson. It's tough. So it, it doesn't matter who's out there on the opposite side of Diggs. It's just not looking good for us right now. That's an issue we got to solve. Um, we had to play Parsons off-ball linebacker all game long because Anthony Barr was out, so he wasn't able to get to Rodgers all game long. That wasn't good. Um, something's got to happen with Kellen Moore. And I just don't he, – he gets the play calls really right when he's playing with Cooper Rush. And they have it seems like they have a great relationship. You know, run heavy packages. You stick to the game plan. And then all of a sudden Prescott gets out there. Prescott's a – he's an upper echelon quarterback, no doubt about it. But – he like you even see you know Andy Reid do it with Patrick Mahomes. They they aren't throwing him five wide all the time, and Prescott gets put in these situations where they're throwing five wide on like first and ten, and it just stalls drives. It gets you behind the sticks. It yep. doesn't move the ball late in the game in the fourth quarter. That's what you saw. We were up fourteen points. We weren't running the ball that much. You would get to chew up clock, get first downs. What we were doing with Pollard all game long. I think in the second half he was averaging like five six yards a carry, and we didn't go to him in overtime, and we didn't go to him in the fourth quarter. I know there was the missed PI call. I know there was the lining off offsides thing that happened. But those are just excuses. And we need to stick to what works, and that's running the football. I know there was no Zeke Elliott, but still Pollard's better than Zeke. And he, even Malik Davis, the third-string guy, he was getting good carries. Something's got to change. Um, I, you know, I had hope, and right now it is shot. Uh, we'll see if they can bounce back against Minnesota. I'm not really expecting a win there. Mm-hmm. Um but I, I'm, I'm still expecting a playoff appearance, and I think it'll be another short-lived playoff experience for me. Didn't All Cooper right. Rush beat Minnesota last year? Cooper Rush beat Minnesota last year, and I, Andy Dalton beat him the year before. <laughs> Never know. Did it hurt more that the Packers are terrible and then Aaron Rodgers has arguably his best game against you? Does that sting worse? Because you hate that guy, don't you? Oh, uh, yeah. He's my like least favorite man on the planet, okay. probably. Um, him and Tyler Hero. Uh, <laughs> I'm with you on that. Yeah. Uh, I think it's, it, it stuck more because we were winning in the fourth quarter. And usually it's the other way around, where it's like the Packers grab a lead, and yeah. we make a comeback, and then something happens in the fourth quarter. Rodgers just puts us away. Okay. This was more of... Rodgers didn't necessarily put us away. Nope. It was more... I mean, Christian Watson obviously balled, but it was just like... The offense stalled, and they were just – Rodgers was throwing to wide-open guys. Like, I'm not going to – Okay. I'm not giving credit to him. No way in hell. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, 
The Bengals couldn't break my heart this weekend, mm-hmm. so I appreciated that. Yep. The Reds <laughs> are in the offseason, which is awesome. Um, and the Xavier Musketeers are 2-0. and L. Go, Go X, X baby. baby. We'll yeah. see oh, if it's 3-0. Yeah. Jinx. Jinx. <laughs> or we'll see if it's 4-0 because... We'll see if it's 4-0. Sorry, sorry well, Fairfield. Before <laughs> we get to Indiana on Friday, they got a big game tonight against Fairfield. Mm-hmm. Um, and, hey. We'll see us there. Some respect. What's Fairfield's record? Uh, 0-2. <laughs> Where is Fairfield? <laughs> Who did Fairfield <laughs> play? I don't, know. I don't know if it's Fairfield. You know what? I don't know where they're from. But what I do know... Neither do I. Is I think on paper they are better than Morgan State and Montana. Okay. So this is their toughest test to this point. Okay. Now, is it a Big East caliber, Big Ten caliber opponent? (laughs) No. Obviously not. But it's a 9 o'clock game. Mm -hmm. It's an easy game to not get up for. You got to show up. You have a big game looming at the end of this week. It's a very easy game to gloss over. So I think... um, This this needs to be an easy game tonight. This needs to be an easy game. Yeah. Last year, I'd be a lot more concerned because oh, Travis yeah. Steele <laughs> rode the roller coaster of emotions, of talent level. They were not consistent one bit. I think Sean is very demanding. He does not put up with any type of BS. Get off the weed. Exactly. <laughs> um. Anyways, <laughs> I think Xavier wins tonight. Fairfield Offense plays very deliberate, um, very, very slow. I'm interested to see how the defense reacts to that because defense is probably the weakest part of this team coming into this season. It's defense and three-point shooting. If they can correct those two things or at least get more consistent on the three-point shot, I think they're going to be good. Xavier loves to speed teams up as well. Yes, I think defensively, I think the term Sean uses is they want to get into their offense fast. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily throwing up a fast shot. If it makes sense, yeah, yeah. then all shots are welcome. That's right. But if it doesn't make sense, this is where they screwed up last year because they would play fast and then they'd be so dumb. Yep. They'd throw up crazy shots. They'd try crazy transition plays. They'd chuck up a lot of threes. So many forced passes. So many uh, forced yeah, passes. Bad. Just stupid, stupid forced passes mm-hmm. that can easily be corrected. Um but defensively, we'll see if they can execute their system. We'll see if the freshmen, if the newcomers can really execute what they're trying to do, not overhelp on the big guys. That was one of their problems in the first half against Montana. They haven't put 40 minutes together on the defensive end. First game, they were a lot better in the first half. They weren't as good in the second half. Flip-flop for game two. I think this is a big confidence builder for Indiana on Friday. And then obviously... The Hoosiers make their way to town on Friday night at 6 p.m. in the Cintas Center. Um, the Hoosiers are currently ranked number 12 in the country. Trace Jackson Davis is the marquee player for the Indiana Hoosiers. He's going to be a force. Jack Nungy and Zach Fremantle are going to have their hands full down low. Um, unfortunately, those two are not the best defensive big men in the world. Offensively, they've been playing really well, especially together. Like, I think they have seven assists, which big men usually don't no. tack assists. But if you watch them the other night, they were moving the ball really well between each other. They were catching guards on back doors. I think if they're unselfish and very involved in the offense, that takes their offense up to a new level, especially two bigs at one time. That's really hard to match up against, especially in college basketball. Trace Jackson Davis, though, could have 50 points. Mm-hmm. Um, we know that. Yeah. I think Xavier... 
might have a slight advantage on the offensive end, at least with the guards. I think Colby Jones spaces the floor. He's just a matchup problem for any team. Um, Swiss Army knife. If Kiki Tandy, Adam Kunkel, Sule Boom, and even the freshman Claude and Kraft, if they show up shooting, that's going to pose a problem for Indiana. They're not a great perimeter team. Um, they do not shoot the ball well. They made 11 threes in their last game. But if you watch the threes, they could have ate, ate the sandwich, mowed the lawn. They could have done so much stuff before they decided to shoot the ball, um, before the defense came. So it's going to be a packed house. Um, did you guys get tickets? I did. Mine. Okay. Well, these two secured tickets. Tickets were um, very hard to come by for oh, this yeah. game, especially for the students. Um, resale value for the tickets actually has gone down. Uh, I saw they were at what one twenty yesterday. Well, today they were at eighty nine dollars. Okay, seventy nine or eighty nine dollars. Yeah. But most of those tickets are standing room only. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Centos Center is going to be packed to the max. Friday more. night, Gavit Games. It's going to be on fire. If it's anything like the atmosphere was last year for the Ohio State game, mm. place is going to be rocking. Absolutely, very excited. Especially, I mean, the atmosphere of the first two games for non conference has been awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. Part of that is the Sean Miller effect, um, but we'll see. <laughs> it's probably going to be pretty. It's our job to keep it jumping. Yeah, it's going to be pretty barren tonight. Um, maybe, maybe not as barren as I think. But nine o'clock game on a school night, um, not as much well, for the college not, students. Not, yeah, yeah. Well, not as much for the college, yeah, yeah. students, but the grade school kids. Yeah, it's Friday and, night. And it's the, Friday night. They it's Fairfield. I think it's oh, fair to say tonight. Tonight. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Well, that <laughs> and freaking Fairfield. Shut up! <laughs> They're not gonna lose. Okay, I I don't think they'll lose, but, but they got they, they got they got to show up and play well. Yeah, if they play true. shaky and Indiana, I get it. I get you got to get momentum going it's, into Indiana. Yeah. Yeah. and I think it's fair to say outside of the students, the average age of the rest of Centas is not young. No, <laughs> no, no. Um, I know someone <laughs> joked in our improv today that it's like eighty-five up, yeah. which maybe is not it's that extreme. Home. It is, but. You know, it's late. They, they, they it's cold. Sintas <laughs> is very dark. It's like a coffin. Yeah. God, it is very dark. It yeah. is very dark. But it's like good stadium Good for the lighting. light show. You yeah. Know? yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But I think they get it done. Indiana is going to be a tough test. Um, if they can get the crowd on their side, establish themselves early in the game, I think they have a chance to win. If they let Indiana bully them around, especially inside, it's going to be... Tough game, but yeah. there will be a good amount of Indiana fans there. I think. Yeah, I'm excited. I think so. I'm excited. Yeah. I, I, um, the one thing that plays into the advantage is the season ticket count. Yep. At least for 84% Xavier, eighty-four percent or something. Eighty-four mm-hmm. percent are season tickets, and that's not counting um, students. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the band. Okay. Can't forget about the band. Um, so I think. And the cameraman. And the cameraman. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, I'll be running around on the court, which will be fun. Um, but the last thing I was going to say. Um, Xavier's got a very tough schedule coming up. They have Indiana on Friday. They have the PK-85 next week, which Michigan State is playing in. Mm-hmm. They're in the opposite bracket. Yep. Um, but they play a good Florida team. They have a chance to play Duke, Gonzaga, Purdue, if they advance beyond that. Um, and then after they get back, they have West Virginia at home. They go to Cincinnati for the Crosstown shootout. And the IARP hearings about um, cheating in college basketball so you saw memphis get their penalty you saw louisville get their penalty 
Kansas self-suspended Bill Self. Yep. yep. See what I did there? <laughs> I loved it. Um, <laughs> and the Memphis and the Louisville hearings, the details of those and the suspensions were handed out basically a month apart. So Jeez. if I'm doing my math correctly, there could be a potential suspension for Sean Miller at the very end of November, Oy. early December, which could involve games. If he is suspended for a few games, it could involve West Virginia at home. It could involve Cincinnati on the road. Yep. So I think having that, since it wasn't settled before the season, yep. that puts them in limbo as yeah. to what's going to happen. I'm sure that they've talked about it and prepared for it, but not having his voice on the sideline, especially with Adam Cohen being new, um, is going to be different. Yep. But I think if they establish themselves in the next couple of weeks – that won't be as much of an issue. And then hopefully he's not suspended for any Big East action. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess we'll have to see. And even if he does, doesn't does get suspended by the NCAA, Xavier imposes a self-suspension. Yeah, okay, yeah. So, Shafty, you want to talk about your Lions? Yep. They're gonna, I, I want to mention one thing, or two things really for Xavier. Number one, if you are a Xavier season ticket holder, do not give your tickets up to Indiana fans. And Please. number two... Um, uh, all, all these, stu- I've seen students posting their stories, Instagram, Snapchat about, Hey, I need a ticket. I have a ticket. I'm willing to give it up. Right. <laughs> we can talk. My Instagram will be somewhere over there. You can DM me. We'll talk. You're pricing. not going to give it to Joe. I well, You're not going to keep it I might, within the house. I might. I might give it to Joe. Sell it to Joe. Trader. Yeah, but if they're going to give me like fifty dollars for it, then oh, fifty dollars. Get, get, oh, get triple digits. Get yeah, triple digits. Tri- triple digits. Triple digits. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Over a right. hundred at least. More. More guys. <laughs> well, it's, a, it's a student <laughs> section ticket, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, then raise the price. Fifty. No, we'll start bidding at two hundred. But I guess <laughs> I guess they're not guaranteed to get down low. Yeah, that's no. true. That's so, that's the one thing I was holding out. They're guaranteed to get down low. Yeah, the lower bowl we, well, prices. I have my plan. Are like five, six hundred dollars, like for the top. Yeah, in some cases. Okay. So. Anyway, so let's move on to the Lions real quick. So the Lions. This is how you fund our podcast. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so the Lions. Um, you know they've won two in a row. Uh, Dan Campbell got his first road win, so congrats to him. Uh, so, I truly believe that it is absolutely doable. The Lions can get seven wins. I've been saying it for four or five weeks now, even though we've been losing. We've been hurt, banged up. Um, the one loss I blame to the injuries is the Cowboys loss because it just it showed really like it really did. But um, those are all behind us now. If we look at the schedule ahead of us, I don't think it's terribly hard. Yes, we have the Bills at home. Mm-hmm. Yes, we have the Vikings at home. But we also get like the two New York teams on the road who I think aren't world beaters. Yeah, though they might be in the playoffs. I'm not trying to diss any of those teams. That but you on just paper they're them. good. No, I, I didn't say they were world beaters. I don't think they're going to be in a Super Bowl this year. Um, I mean, you know, if the Jets make the Super Bowl, then it's like, all right, man. But <laughs> you know, that's, that's fair. fair play. So, so how many how many of those four teams are like off three games above 500 at least? There's also more I haven't mentioned okay. yet. We have the Jaguars in the schedule. We have the 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 um. The Chicago Bears in the schedule again. We mm-hmm. have the Panthers in the schedule, mm-hmm. and we have the Packers in the schedule. Okay. So if we're just counting the four games that are two teams below 500, then we can count those four wins. But I do believe the Lions can sneak in a couple wins, maybe one against a New York team. And I do believe they played close to the Vikings on the road in the beginning of the year. And the Vikings, it might be a trap game for them. They uh, could walk into Detroit and lose. So you're going so, nine wins? No, I'm I'm gonna stick with seven. Okay. okay. Yeah. 
So I, I, I mean, they, they will disappoint. It is the Lions. They'll find a way. Yep. But no, I, I, I think seven wins is good. And I think as the value of the of the the Rams pick keeps keeps getting higher and higher, they're going to keep losing. Um, what Stafford still hurt? Yeah. Um, Cup got hurt. It's not a good team. Yeah, they're they're in trouble. And guess what? I mean, it's our pick now. Yeah. We're not going to give that up. It could be a top ten pick, and our pick could be you know, top twenty. It might be even better. So or they're worse, really. Yeah. But um, you know, we we have those picks. We right now are in line for five picks in the top seventy-five, which is really nice. Very. And you know, the Hawkinson trade people can say all they want. Oh man, we gave up so much for it. Or yeah, we gave up Hawkinson to get a second and a third or whatever. But like, I mean, now we have five picks in the top seventy-five. That is value. You we can that. trade up. You take that. We can one hundred percent trade up. We oh, did it last sure. year. We did it last year with less capital. And now this season we have more capital and we can just move up again. And we got the pick, um, last year's pick from the, or this year's pick from the Vikings in the Hawkinson trade. So, like, you know, why not? We have all these picks now. We have this arsenal. And maybe there's a way the Lions can trade up for defense. I still don't know about quarterback at this point because we would have to see the Rams lose a little more. Or us, obviously. Or us just, like, flatline. Yeah. But um, we'll see. I don't think... At this point right now, on whatever the date is today, I don't think we are in line for Bryce Young or CJ Stroud. No. Yeah. It could happen still, but... You got a package to trade up for it, though. Yeah, exactly. Anyway. All right, you good to move on to picks? Yep. Because you guys got to get to class soon. (laughs) Yeah. Um, All right. So, we'll get straight into it. We'll start out with college football. USC is at UCLA this weekend. At U- I'm going to go USC. They're the better team on paper, correct? Yeah. yeah. Caleb Williams, Lincoln Riley. Um, we'll go USC. I'd like to lock in my guarantee of the week right here. Yeah, okay. Before we do that, real okay. quick, sorry. We <laughs> do have a new rule for each week that we're going to go eight-plus picks. That This includes the, the perfectly prompt paper picks or the... I don't know. What, what, whatever whatever you made up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the paper picks, we were like throwing the papers out and stuff. Um, anything above eight picks, we're going to have a guaranteed pick, which is worth double. So either two wins or two losses. And I had my two losses with the Dodgers. So, all right, anyway. Well, this is my guarantee. Uh, I, I truly believe Caleb Williams is the best quarterback in college football. I truly believe he would be my Heisman pick. And I think he's also got an incredible NFL future in front of him. Uh, they were my national champion pick before the season. I'm still riding with that as long as I can sneak into the playoffs somehow. Uh, give me USC. Okay. So I'm going to go UCLA in this game. So I, I don't, I don't, I'm not really going to call an upset. They, they lost Utah on the road earlier this year, and I don't think Utah – I think Utah and UCLA are very similar teams. So I'm going to go UCLA. I think DTR is a really good quarterback, and I think the home environment gets to USC. Okay. What home environment? It's in UCLA. Yeah? Yeah. Have you seen their attendance? No, it's not great. And they just they just they just lost a bad Arizona team. Yeah. At home, uh, on the road. Okay, but still, it's kind of like I believe in UCLA. I believe in DTR. Okay. Okay. All, right. All right, why not? So next game, uh, Utah and Oregon, their Pac-12 game for your friend Charlie. <laughs> um, I can start this time. We'll go to my side. Why not? And I'm gonna go Oregon, even though they they did suffer a loss last week as well. Um, Osmond Stadium will will be a packed house once again, and I think that Oregon wins. Bo oh. Nix is a good game. I'll go Oregon. Okay. Uh, I think the Bo Nix train is it's crashing. It's crashing hard. I think Utah and USC are the two best teams in that conference. Give me Utah. Okay. Next, we have Champions Classic. We got Kentucky-Michigan State. Let's start with that. 
well. Um, Shibwe is on limited minutes. Um, Shavir Wheeler, is he hurt too? Point I have guard? No idea. He might be hurt. Um, hmm. I think Kentucky gets it done because Michigan State is just not that team. Um, <laughs> I can't say that with a straight face. <laughs> I'm just going to go Kentucky. I don't really have any reasoning, but okay. I'm going to go Kentucky. Uh, I liked what I saw at Michigan State in that Gonzaga game. Tough loss. Uh, I think they I think they bounce back with a win over Kentucky. Okay, so it's going to be really similar to what I said last week, where I said you know Michigan State's going to fight for a long time and and lose. I don't think well because Kentucky on paper is a very very good team. Yeah. But there is a world where Michigan State wins this game. I I mean I. I oh, I'm not saying. Like, I think it's going to be a good game. You played against two of the best teams in the country, and I think you play them really really close. So I think it's inspiring. But I do believe Kentucky wins. Okay. So we'll we'll stick with that. Uh, Duke and Kansas. I know. Yeah. I think it's hilarious that I picked UK to win the national championship this year with mm-hmm. the recruiting class that they have coming in next oh, year. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I think that's back insane. So I'll, I think I'll begin Duke and Kansas. Um, I don't think there's there's no Derek Whitehead tonight, right? He's hurt, isn't he? Uh, to be honest, I have no I, idea. I think I think he might be hurt. So you know, Kansas. They bring back the what the Jalen Wilson kid, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, without um, Bill Self, obviously, take that into consideration. So, this is a tough one. Um, I, mm, I, I think I'll go. This is tough. <laughs> this is really tough. Ah, go Kansas. Why not? Okay. okay. I, I don't. I don't. I. Mm, that's a tough pick. It is tough. Um, I'm gonna go Duke. I think they usually play pretty well in the Champions Classic. And, um, yeah, that's why I'm picking them. No bill, no problem. Give me the chance. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. I think Filipowski is a good game for Duke, though. I'll give him that. Okay. Um, Titans-Packers. Packers are at home. They just won a big one. We'll start out with Gabe. I'm going to go Titans. I think last week was a fluke from the Packers. <laughs> and I don't think Christian Watson can bail out Aaron Rodgers. With three touchdowns? Yep. Um, I know you don't want to give him credit, Michael. I'm not going to. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think the Packers lose. The Titans come in with an invigorated spirit. And um, I think Traylon they get it Burks. done in Lambeau. What? Traylon Burks is back. Okay. Awesome. Maybe they'll have someone to throw to. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think the Titans are a very fraudulent team. Mm-hmm. And as much as it pains me to say... I think the Packers got a lot from that win on Sunday. See, I snuck in this game for two reasons. Sorry. Give me the Packers. Yeah. I snuck in this game for two reasons. Number one was um, it's a a primetime game Thursday night. Number two is I think these are two really questionable teams. Um, But I'm going to go Packers. I think Lambeau will will prove a point to this Titans team. Do you think we'll get an – a good Thursday night game because Thursday night game <laughs> probably not. No, awful. probably, <laughs> probably, probably been terrible. <laughs> yeah, no, probably not. Mm-hmm. Now we have a very good game: Cowboys and Vikings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, ooh, Cowboys and Vikings. Yeah. Oh, I might die if I pick one way. Um, <laughs> Do you want to start us off, Michael? I can't. I can't. Uh, I'm still gonna pick the Vikings. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Less pressure on us. <laughs> Sorry. I gotta, I gotta go with the Vikings here. I did not like what I saw at Dallas. I think they're rattled. I'm not saying the season's completely over, but 
But this is a game going to Minnesota. Um, yeah, I just I, I think the Vikings are red hot. I don't think they're the best team in the NFC. I think at, at, at our top strength, I still too, truly believe that the Cowboys are the best team in the NFC. Um, I don't think you'll see that team this weekend. I think it'll take a longer process to bounce back. Give me the Vikings. Okay. Um, I picked the Vikings. I think they're good. I think Justin Jefferson is the best wide receiver in the NFL. Absolutely. Um, I think you said that last week too. Um, Kirk Cousins, um, heck of a quarterback, man. Um, <laughs> really gotten bailed out by his wide receivers. Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Keep going. <laughs> I'm, I'm just drawing a wedge between both of you people. Um, I'm just going to pick the Vikings. They're a good team. Um, I forget their coach's name, but he's done a great job with that roster. Um, only game that they've lost. Kevin O'Connell. I mean, they came off the game of the year so far in Buffalo. I would argue that's the game of the year. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm picking the Vikings. They're hot. Yeah. I forgot to mention that my guaranteed pick was the Packers. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So. Wow. <sighs> This is also a tough one for me. The Vikings are playing so well, but I I want every reason to pick the Cowboys. I I want to pick them so bad. Be I I don't know why. I I just really want to pick them. Okay. And um I'm going to pick the Cowboys. It, it's a tempting pick. It's the, you got the yeah. better quarterback, you got the better defense. Mhm. I I I, mean, I don't think I, it's the wrong way to go. I game. think the Cowboys shock the Vikings. Okay. Yep. Cool. Now we have UC or UC, we have USA, USA versus Wales. I cannot speak. <laughs> yeah. So Gareth Bale against, you know, us. Yep. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm going to pick the US of A. That's right, baby. Um, obviously. Um, right. And, you know, my reasoning for this is um, I don't know if you all are big uh, Ted Lasso fans. That's right. Um, but I don't know if you saw on social media yesterday, he put up billboards for every player on the team in their hometown <laughs> and That's wrote awesome. inspirational messages and personal messages that are on a billboard in their hometown. One is on a barn. One is on a school. Mm-hmm. The coach, Greg something. Burwalter. Yep. Yeah, whatever his name is. Burwalter, yeah. He's from Chicago, so there's a big billboard in Chicago. Okay. Um, really, really funny messages, but... Obviously, the Ted Lasso, the heartfelt that's messages. Right, that's right. I think that's going to inspire them to victory. I don't think they can lose now. Mm-hmm. Um, USA, I think, gets it done against Wales. Really don't know much about it. either team. I think we have Christian Pulisic. Is that correct? Uh-huh. That's right. That's okay, right. I got one player right. Is, is, that, is that your guarantee? That is my guarantee. Yeah, all right, there we go. Punch it in, <laughs> USA. All right, I love it. I love it. Uh, God bless America. What can you say? Uh, I'll be I'll be dressed up in my you know American suit. Um, you have an American suit, sorta. Uh, That's it, awesome. It's my roommate's, but I'm taking it forever <laughs> now. Who, um, whose is it? It's Michael's. Wow. Yeah. Of course, case. Halloween weekend is a funny story for him. <laughs> uh, we don't need to get into that. With the podcast. I don't want to know. <laughs> yeah. No, um, but uh, if Weston McKinney is healthy, and uh, we have the dominant midfield three over Wales, uh, McKinney, Adams, and Musa, and or Reina Aronson. Uh, that's the strength of this team. I think we're going to give it straight to Wales. I don't even think this will be a contest. I think USA is going to come out with vengeance. They're going to come out hot. We haven't been there in eight years. Wales hasn't been there in a while, but they performed at the Euros. And they performed poorly there, too. But, okay. you know, we, we've been waiting this. This is our golden age. This is our new time. we got to put on a show before 2026 when it's here. I say we beat Wales. Give me a 13th-minute goal. 
give me a 58th minute goal and give me an 86th minute Three goal. 3-0. And I think Three the nil. U.S. wins 2-1. Oh, 2-1, okay. 2-1. 50, so, oh. 58th minute is Wales. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. okay. But 2-1 Ooh. victory for the U.S. Okay. Yep, all right. I like it. And then, our last but not least, <laughs> we got X-A-V-I-E-R <laughs> against Indiana. Okay. Um, I, I want to go last. Okay. I'll start I, us off. Okay, go ahead, go ahead. I need to collect my thoughts. <laughs> So this is a great environment we got here in Cintas Center, one of the best in college basketball. It's going to be a, a very, very fun game. I saw Indiana last year against Michigan State and in Dayton when who, whoever they played. Yeah. <laughs> Wyoming or something. Yeah, I think it was Wyoming. Wyoming, okay. yeah. So, yeah. like, you know, good team. They struggle from shooting at the perimeter, as Gabe said. And if Xavier can get going from outside, they will wipe the floor with Indiana. But I don't think Indiana goes away quick, right? Trace Jackson Davis has a great game. Race Thompson will have a good game. But there's something about these Xavier Musketeers, man. There's something about this coach. Give me Xavier. All right. All right. Um, get me fired up. <laughs> <laughs> I also saw Indiana play twice. Got to see them in uh, Dayton for the first four. And I also got to see them in the Cole Center last year. And I saw them blow a 24-point lead to my Wisconsin Badgers. I am not good luck for those Hoosiers. Um, I, you know, you, you mentioned the, the problems that we might have defensively against TJD. I think that Jerome Hunter needs to get minutes. Jerome Hunter's the best big man defender that Xavier he has. He might be the X factor. He needs to come in. He get needs it. to give TJD the yeah. work. And I think he will. Mm-hmm. I, think, I, think, I think Miller knows what he's doing. I think we need to keep Desmond Cloud on the bench as far away from the game as possible. See, I disagree with that. <laughs> but Indiana's I, I, overrated. Sully Boom is going to come out and dominate on the perimeter. I think that you'll see Sintas Jemmins similar to the Ohio State game last year. And I think you see the Big East uh, take one over the Big Ten here. Give me X. Okay. So, in collecting my thoughts, I think that there is a potential for this game to be lopsided in one way. If Indiana comes out and establishes a post presence, just mm-hmm. absolutely dominates the inside with Trace Jackson Davis. Slows the game down. Slows the game down. I think that could potentially present a huge problem for Xavier, and I think that could be a very lopsided affair. On the flip side, I think if Xavier starts hitting shots early, if Kiki Tandy gets going, mm-hmm. if Sule Boom gets going, if they Boom. are looking for their shot instead of initiating the offense, um, I think that could be deadly. Jerome Hunter off the bench. Their starters have played really well. Really mm-hmm. balanced scoring efforts. Nobody's gone for 30 points so far. Nobody's had to. Yeah. Um, a lot of 12 points, six rebounds, Except few Sule, assists. Sule Boom game one went nuts. Sule Boom went nuts. Yeah. Um, it's like four threes in the first half yeah, or 18 points in the first half. Whatever happened. Yeah. Um, but Miller's talked about it in his press conferences. I've watched every single one. I'm not ashamed of that at all, <laughs> but I have. And one of the areas that they want to improve is their depth and getting guys to buy into different roles. Jerome Hunter last year was not a very smart player, nope. took way too many shots, did not play his role. He's a very big presence. He's like 6'9", very athletic, very strong, and he's scrappy as heck. Oh, mm-hmm. best Scrappy as heck. Yeah. He is very, very good interior defender. He can guard the perimeter. 
he can knock down a shot if you need him to. But I yep. think if he plays his role, game one against Morgan State, he played it perfectly. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Last game, he he did not play well. <laughs> so I think if he's consistent and he's got the top, he was an Indiana Hoosier at one point in his life. I think oh, he's okay. really okay. jacked up. All right. He transferred from Indiana. I think he's jacked up. If that is happening, I think Xavier wins the Cintas Center just like Assembly Hall. If Xavier went to Assembly Hall, I think there'd be um, an issue, especially with um, Desmond Claude. I know. He's coming along. <laughs> I think towards Big East play, he's going to be a completely different player. But okay. it's just he's a freshman. He's a point guard. It's a lot of responsibility for yep. a young player. At this level, it's a lot faster. There's a lot of decision-making that happens. If you looked at him game one, did not play well. Last game, he might not have jumped off the stat sheet, but he played a lot better. Three assists, no turnovers, a couple points. He had a nice and one reverse layup. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think he's going to take another step forward. He's going to keep improving. Cam Kraft could come off and be a spark plug. That guy is scrappy. And he's once he gets going from the perimeter, he's gonna be good. I'm gonna take Xavier by five. All righty. Um they already and last point, they won Gavit games at home against Ohio State last year with a lot of the same people. They know how to win that big game, especially towards the end of the season. Or towards the beginning of the season, not the end of the season. And we'll see if that can propel them forward and hopefully make a freaking tournament. Yeah. Can I can I mention one last thing? Ahead, this sir. is my. I just want to lock this down. Um, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. It's not a big deal. But I think it's going to happen. This reminds me a little bit of a Michigan State Kansas game from seven years ago, where a freshman named Matt McQuaid put in twenty some odd points, killed Kansas from three, and they won in a close game in the Champions Classic. This game reminds me of that game because I think Cam Kraft comes out. He's going to have and a lights it okay. up wow. from outside. Okay. Lights it up from He's outside. He's going to have a coming out party at some point. And it's going to be excited. this game. I'm excited for one of that. Okay. He's going to okay. light it up. Okay. So, I hope that, he's hearing this. Light it up, man. With that, thank you guys for joining us for episode 10 much, of yeah. the Quick Question Podcast. Really, thank you for your support so far. It's two and a half months of doing this, one episode a week. We've had a blast doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, if there's anything that you would like to see from us, anything you'd like us to cover, ways we can improve the show, Please reach out to us and please give us your suggestions. We'd love to hear them. Um, But without further ado, my name is Gabe Ryan. Michael Daly. Matt Shafty. We will see you guys next week for episode 11. Thank you, guys. Let's go.